Hello, and welcome to Cross Life Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. We pray that this message from our lead pastor, Chester Passmore, will encourage and challenge you in your walk with Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening. Me are loving Jesus this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. If you're visiting this morning and I just want you to know that you're amongst people who love each other. You're amongst people who take up each other's burdens. And uh, with Matt and Ashley and this baby who was born at 24 weeks and who fought very hard, we are hurting this morning <clears throat> because we mourn together. Blessed are those who mourn. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and so I know this is probably not a typical church service in that regard, but I really wouldn't want to put on church this morning whenever we're supposed to join in morning. Amen? I really wouldn't want to put on like everything's normal. That makes sense? Yeah. On our journey to become as completely authentic as we can, uh, we have to be willing to be broken at some points. We have to be willing to take on each other's burdens. I want to ask you to do something. I know that overwhelmingly many of you are going to send messages on Facebook to Ashley and Matt, uh, call them, etc. When I asked to talk to her this morning, earlier this morning, she wasn't able to, and I completely understand. So do not get your feelings hurt if you send a message or you call and she doesn't answer, she doesn't respond. She's grieving, they are grieving. It's completely understandable for them to just kind of be with each other and go and process this, okay? So this ain't about you, amen? And so uh, the best thing you can do for them is send a word of love and encourage and let them know that they're not alone. And the best thing you can do is pray your guts out for them, amen? Amen? And so find a way to serve them somehow. Find a way to serve them and allow them to grieve. Matthew 28. The Great Commission. There's so much... Uh, if you'll turn me down a little bit, I'm pretty boomy this morning. There's so much... Irony, how many of y'all believe in irony? irony? How many of y'all believe in, in coincidence? Me either. There's, the fact that I'm preaching this sermon on this day, the fact that I've spent weeks preparing to preach this sermon on this day is not coincidental. Somebody say amen. amen. That the night of this sermon, we have to... We have to face realities that we're not comfortable with. Yet the truth is, 
that his word remains forever. His word remains forever. And of all the sermons I preached on the Great Commission leading up to this day, we land on the passage of Scripture that says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And this is the verse that I was focusing on today. And be sure of this. I am with you always. I don't know if y'all, I don't know if y'all realize what, that on this day, my message is he is with us always. Be sure of this. I am with you always. The Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I am not alone. Somebody catch this this morning. The sovereign God who knew everything that was going to happen, every up, every down, every in, every out, every good, every bad, made you one promise to the end of the age that you would not have to do it alone. I had a revelation last night. I'm totally off notes here, and y'all probably going to be able to tell. had a revelation last night working out in, this, in my shop, doing some work, thinking about them, thinking about what's going on, praying with them, con- corresponding back and forth, and thinking about this sermon, I am with you always. And I like how the New Living Translation translates it here. You can be sure of this. I am with you always. And I remember if we start this verse, it says, all authority has been given unto me. Jesus has said, and it's on heaven and on earth. And this whole thing sounds again like the garden. Are y'all with me? This whole thing sounds again like the garden. God creates the heavens and the earth. He creates man. He puts man in authority over all of it. Yeah? And then he says this, as he looked at the man, it is not good for you to be alone. <laughs> one of the first things God says to created man, it is not good for you to be alone. And one of the last things Jesus said before he ascended is you will not be alone. And for whatever period of time, Father God and mankind had unhindered fellowship in that garden. They enjoyed each other's fellowship. They enjoyed each other's presence. They, they lived and breathed off one another. I have preached before and continue to think there's something to the idea that whenever God said, 
to, to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. He was expressing part of the reason in his heart why he wanted to create man in the first place. I'm not saying God ever gets lonely. What I'm saying is he does long to have something to express himself on. He does long for fellowship. And so God creates man because he wants someone. It's mind-boggling that the, the, the great I am, the almighty, the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, longs for someone that he can relate with, have communion with, have fellowship with. Are y'all there? And he looks at man and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. And I'm not so sure that he's not expressing part of the reason, not the only reason. I don't think God is, is up there wringing his hand because he's lonely. But he longed for someone to love and he longed for something to reciprocate that love. So it's not good for you to be alone. Then man... With this new sense of authority, listen, these are the new things I'm pondering, uh, so just give me grace. If I'm just way off base and you think I'm, I'm crazy, that's fine, but give me grace. Here he has this new commandment of authority, man does, to rule the earth, subdue it, name all the animals, be the master of creation, if you will. From heaven to earth, I give you authority to rule it all, man does. And I'm not so sure that inside of Adam and Eve's minds, how many conversations they might have had before they took of the tree of knowledge, right? But how much easier would this authority thing be if we knew something else? I wonder what secrets lie in those trees that could help us with our job to have authority over creation. It must have been tempting to think that they're in light a mystery within those trees that they could access it. It would make their position of having authority over creation easier. So all those seeded thoughts potentially inside their mind makes it easy for a walking snake to say, hey, who told you you couldn't eat of this tree? Right? God's just being jealous. God, blah, blah. And so they, they, they fall to temptation Adam takes a bite of that fruit, and there's a shift. Immediately, Adam and Eve look at each other and realize that they are naked, completely vulnerable for God, completely vulnerable, completely. There, there's shame. There's all this stuff. They have failed. Their eyes are open. They see their, each other's nakedness. And the first thing the Bible says they do is sew together leaves, fig leaves, to, to be able to hide themselves from God. And here's the thought that blew my mind, is that as they had failed, as they had failed greatly, proportionately their failure is, is off the charts. It not just hindered them, it hindered all mankind. Right? They create leaves, they hide themselves, and they literally go into the garden to hide from the all-seeing one. God comes again walking in the garden. Where are you? As if he didn't know. You think God really didn't know? You think the all-seeing one limited himself in vision for that moment to play hide-and-seek? He knew. He's expressing in himself the idea that I've showed up for our daily meeting. 
because it's not good for you to be alone. I'm here again, even though you have failed greatly, it's not good for you to be alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If I'm God that day, come on, somebody, how many of y'all have ever thought about you being God? If I'm God that day and they had just blundered it, I'm probably taking a break today to get me and myself under control. Anybody out there? I'm probably thinking, you know what? We have a daily appointment of walking in the garden. I'm thinking I'm going to take a day off. You just really screwed up. But see, he doesn't break his appointment. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. He doesn't forsake us in our greatest times of need. He has said until the very end of an appointed day, an age that I have set an appointment all the way to the end, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. The disciples, again, are standing before the resurrected Jesus. Point out real quick, go back to verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven, period. Right? Go back to the garden. We have heard it preached and taught many times that on that day when man fell, that the enemy now has control over the earth. How many of y'all have heard that preached? The enemy now rules the earth. That a curse came as a result of sin and disobedience, and now that curse still rules the earth. But the very day it happened, and the first word out of Jesus, God's mouth unto the snake is, my Son, that's who he's talking about. There is coming a man. There is coming a man whose heel will crush your head. I'm preaching about Jesus, and I know I know it's hard, but there's coming a man whose heel will crush your head. He had given all authority unto man. Man had forfeited authority. But even when the day they forfeited their authority, God shows up and speaks a better word over that authority is that your authority will be crushed, Satan. Jesus shows up on the scene. He lives a sinless life. He sacrifices himself on the cross, becoming the spotless lamb that can put his blood inside of the mercy seat of heaven and wipe away our sins once and for all. And that day, he crushed the head of Satan. And that day, in his resurrected form, in this right here, he looks at man, he looks at the disciples and says, hey, guys, I have authority. I have all authority in heaven and on the earth. Because of that all-encompassing authority in the heavens and on the earth, I need you to take my gospel. I need you to make disciples. And I need you to do 
I need you to teach everyone, teach these people the, the way of the kingdom, the more excellent way. I want us to read Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 10, then we're going to go back and look at verse 20. Jesus called his disciples together and gave them, everybody say it out loud, authority. Jesus called his disciples and gave them authority. Raise your hand if you have authority in this room. Let's try that one more time. Raise your hand if you have authority in this room. Okay. The enemy, listen to me, is doing his best to convince you you don't have authority and that there are shortcuts to greater authority if you'll just eat some fruit from a different tree. There are no shortcuts to the, to the all-encompassing authority he's already given me. Come on, if you could believe one thing today, I want you to believe that you have the power and the authority of Almighty God resonating inside of you. He gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. Go down to verse 7 for me. Go and, everybody say announce. A better word there would be preach. How many of y'all have a Bible open and in that Bible it says the word preach? Okay, many people. The better word there is preach. Go, ironic word, isn't it? Considering it's the commission. Go, 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 go. On your journey, preach. Raise your hand if you can do that. Come on, I'm not talking about preach to thousands. I know the number one fear in America is public speaking, but if you can announce the kingdom to one individual, individual, raise your hand, okay? All of us can do that. All of us can look one person in the eye and preach the good news. Go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near, verse 8. Heal the sick. How many of y'all can do that? Raise your hand. See, not nearly as much participation. We all believe that we can preach because all it takes is my voice to preach. But I guarantee you there's no difference in the directive from heaven right there to preach than there is to heal. And raise. And cure. And cast out. How many of y'all remember the scripture where it says, if you give somebody a cup of cold water in my name, right? Let me ask you this question. Do you have the ability to hand somebody cold water? Come on, everybody, help me. Do you have the ability to hand somebody cold water? Say yes. Do you have the ability to heal? (laughs) Is there any distinction between preaching and healing. and How do I know this is true? Because Jesus said, Jesus said this, when, he, when they, they lowered that man down into the roof and he said, uh, get up, your sins are forgiven you. Everybody freaked out. 
Who do you think you are that you can forgive sins? Or what would be easier if I said, be healed? In the kingdom of God, healing, salvation, deliverance, raising that it's all the same to him. It's his power. It's what he conquered on the cross. Whenever he breathed his last breath and said, it is finished, we have to believe that what he did in that moment is more powerful than when Adam took a bite of an apple or a pear. You hear what I'm saying? We are convinced that the fall was more powerful than the, than the cross. You hear me? But if he says, because of what I have done, I have gained authority in all the heaven and all the earth. Now you go and do this. <laughs> you go and do this. If I'm convinced of his cross's power more than Adam. See, Paul said it this way. Where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Much more abounds. There's more power in grace than there is in sin. There's more power in forgiveness. There's more power in healing. There's more power in deliverance. There's more power than all, than all hell combined together can unleash on this world. One drop of the blood of the precious Savior could wipe it all away. One word that it is finished could seal the deal and could wipe it all away. One act of love from a dying Savior was greater than all the hate that ever filled the planet. There's one man who stands above them all and his name is Jesus. And if I am convinced he is more than enough for me and for you, and if I'm convinced that what he does is more powerful, then the gates of hell shall not prevail. And we can be convinced all day that he is. But see, it is directive to you to preach. His directive to you to heal. His directive to you to cure. His directive to you to cast. His directive to you to hand over a cup of cold water. Go back to uh, Matthew 28, verse 20. I am with. Everybody say with. That word with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to really just, I'm really going to hurt somebody's feelings that I'm not, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not intending to. I'm totally, what I'm about to say, not intending to come across like, like, like somebody who's hard this morning. When we think of with, I need a, a, a Christian, come here, please. We think of with as totally side by side, okay? Uh, we, right there connected. And Christianity has even gone so far as to teach with God yeah. I wish I'd have ate my Wheaties. Turn around. You can pick me up. Yeah, turn around. Lean over my shoulder. 
<laughs> they don't even weigh 100 pounds. Listen, we, 150. We think of, we, we've even gone so far in Christianity to, to say stuff like this, that if you look back and there's only one set of footprints, that we are the one being carried by God because he is with me. Thank you, buddy. The second, <laughs> Daniel's like, dude, do it to me. <laughs> it would have to be miraculous. <laughs> that word with there, the second most common way it's, it's uh, translated is after. Come back. <laughs> and this is what I really honestly believe God had in mind. walk, that he walks behind us. Now, we don't like that. This is what it means. With, when I'm with you, it means I'm right after you. I'm right behind you. You see, what we want... Come here. Hurry, 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 hurry. It's as he goes on his journey and he encounters a sick person... We want God to be with us to do it like this. <coughs> we want God to say, hey, just let me do this for you. But the truth is, is he's asked you to do something. And he stands with you, but he's right behind you. He's got your back. Amen. See, we never think of that whenever we think about uh, announce the kingdom. We think, well, I can got that. I can. I can announce the kingdom. Will you get my back as I announce the kingdom? Right. We think about this. Uh, a cup of cold water. I can do that in myself. Right. I have. The, I have. I can keep a cup of water. Here's the deal: is whatever he's asked you to do, he's got your back. He has given you authority to heal. Now let's go, let's go about this. Can you give her cold water? Right, put it in her hand. Okay, great. Give it back to him. Okay, now, this will be fun. Can you give her cold water? Can you put water in that bottle? See, I'm not, he's not the originator of water. He's just the dispensary. Now, he can turn around and say, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, he can turn around and say, Duh. you know, you see what I'm saying? But he's the dispensary. Thank you, guys. You can be seated for now. Yo, I'm right after you. I'm right behind you, with you, correct? Uh, it, the problem with this type of teaching is if I tell you, you can heal people. How many ways are you going to think, can, I, can you heal somebody? If you can't heal somebody. So we don't like to answer that question. You know, that's exactly what God commanded us to do, is for you to heal. But see, if the problem only, I think this only exists in the Western church where we kind of get confused of whether or not we can heal. 
if you really think you're God-like enough to heal people, then uh, you're crazy. You understand what I'm telling you? You've got legitimate problems that you think you are the author of healing. You understand? But it makes, but let's not shrink back from the idea that the responsibility lies in the church to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And when we do, he has got our back. The idea is that you do it in his authority and he backs you up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Sorry, went back to my childhood King James Version days and said, yay. Lo, I'm with you. (laughs) That was... (laughs) I am with you. Everybody say it next. Always. I love the definition of this word, always. This means in any and every, to the highest degree, the maximum. We have left room for our hearts to believe there are moments that he wasn't always there. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, in any and every, to the highest degree, the maximum, he's always there. Well, then can you explain, no, I can't. But it does not change the word that in any and every, he is always there. Do you understand how difficult it is to reconcile our lives with his word sometimes? Come on, somebody be real with me right now. Can we, do we understand how difficult it is to reconcile our lives with his words sometimes? In every situation, hear me now, in every situation, I bend my life to his word. I do not make the word bend to fit my life. Somebody say amen. He's always with you. This scripture starts out with authority. I have authority on heaven and on earth. That is the, look at me, that's the sovereignty of God. That is the all-encompassing power, authority, sovereignty of God. He has all authority. This world doesn't spin unless he puts it into motion. And this world keeps on spinning because he keeps on motioning. And he keeps, he, he is the gravity that's pulling this thing around and around. You understand what I'm saying? He, has a, he did not just create and step away from his creation and say, y'all figure it out. And at the very end, he says, I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age. God has a plan. Somebody say amen. God has a plan. He has always had a plan. Nothing has ever taken him by surprise. Nothing ever caught him off guard. He has a plan. And to the very last day of this current age that we live in, he's promises, I will be with you through all the appointments of your life. I will be with you through every situation that you face. I am sovereign in the authority and I'm sovereign in the age. So we can fully embrace the sovereignty of God, but right smack dab in the middle is we have responsibility to preach, heal, save, deliver. You hear what I'm saying? To, to take the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Are you with me? And so I'm telling you, as I finish this message series, and I have told you, that you have authority. And I've told you that because he has authority, you have authority, and that he's asked you to go. And as you go on your journey, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about you have to go far. I'm talking about you can go across the street and demonstrate the kingdom. Amen? You can go out of your seat this morning and demonstrate the kingdom. We're about to do it. As you go on your journey, Take somebody with you and show them and even into the even into the and teach them the commands of God. Teach them the ways of the kingdom of God. Teach them the, the more excellent way of heaven. Amen. Teach them the more excellent way of the kingdom of God. And as you do that, and as you have to, and wherever your journey takes you and whatever it puts in front of you, as your steps are ordered of the Lord, and as you're going, and wherever your journey takes you, wherever your journey takes you, whatever it puts in front of you, at that very moment, you have to understand that if you're raising the dead or if you're... <laughs> if in that moment you're raising the dead... Or if you're burying them, he is right behind you. And it's his promise. It's his promise. Until we approach that day when all death is swallowed up in victory. It's his promise to the end of the age. But I need you to believe. I need you to believe. I need you to hope against hope. I need you to believe. That as easy as you can hand out a cup of cold water, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I need you to believe that as easy as you can preach a sermon to an individual in the parking lot at Bookshire's, that you can look right into their eyes and have discernment and see the demonic realm and say, you got to go in Jesus' name. I need you to believe that the authority of God is inside of you. I need a keyboard player. Last scripture, verse 8 of Matthew 10. 
heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. I want you to use proper biblical exegesis right here, and I want you to tell me what are they giving away. What in this scripture passage have they received? We want to use this for offering times. Ain't nobody getting the money in this, in, this, in this passage of scripture. We want to talk about salvation. We want to talk about, we want to talk about uh, love. I'm telling you, there's only one thing that they received in this passage of scripture. Verse 1, Jesus called them to himself and he gave them authority. As freely as you have received authority from heaven, you hear me now, it is your duty in the kingdom to give it away. To pour out your life for the gospel, to, to do these things with his authority, which is heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cure lepers, uh, preach the gospel. And that's, I'm telling you, you've got to give it away. As freely as you have received, freely give. Here's what we're going to do. If you need healed this morning, I... Mm, how many of y'all have been praying for Miss Pat's uh, husband? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Miss Pat, Miss Pat Stringfellow, our church secretary, you've been praying for her husband. Latest report from the doctor is that he will be able to go back to work soon. This man, listen, listen. This man, they gave him a slight chance of ever being able to see again, and he's about to go back to work. I hesitate to tell this story. I hesitate to tell this story because we. I get a I get a I get a a phone call, and we go up to the hospital. I think it's Friday night. There's a young girl in there who, who goes to this church. And Miss Jackie and I, we go in the back in that emergency room. And we walk in the room and she'd been unresponsive for a while, but we walk in the room and she, she's got her eyes open and she's moving, and, but she can't talk. Like she's slurring her words and she can barely whisper and she looks confused and her, her color is a bit pale and, and her eyes aren't bright. You know what I'm talking about? Like you look into her eyes and they're not bright. And Miss Jackie, we just like, we put our hands on her. And we just said, in the name of Jesus, it wasn't fancy. We just begin to pray. We begin to we begin to just say, "You're all of this come back." And we just begin to pray over her. And and, and, and 45 seconds later, of praying, her color comes back. Her eyes are glimmering. I'm not saying it was all uh, Chester Passmore. I'm saying the doctors, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm just telling you. All I know is when I got done praying with her, she was talking, and and me and Jackie. Now listen, tell them. This is why I don't want to tell you that story. Because she, most of the church has no problem believing that the fivefold ministry has authority to do those things. But I'm telling you, it's really my job to teach you to do those things. 
that, and I say this with all love and respect to the people that I went to see, I should never have had to have gone into that room because somebody in the community, Cross Life Church, could have just as easily put their hands on them and said the things we said and saw the results we saw. The reason we, uh, uh, what Todd, uh, there's, yeah, White, not the, yeah, okay, Todd White. Todd White, how many know who Todd White is? Todd White, man, I love his ministry, right? He has a fantastic ministry. It's powerful. Uh, and, and this is all he does is he prays for the sick and he preaches the gospel and he sees sign wonders and miracles and all this kind of stuff. And, and here's the deal. is Todd White should not be a superstar inside the Christian faith. I like him a lot. But see, he's decided to do something normal in the kingdom that is abnormal to the church world right now. And because he's doing something normal in the kingdom that is abnormal to the church world right now, we all stare in amazement and wonder and go, wow, look at you, when we should all be doing the, the Great Commission. He should be what his version of it is, lifestyle Christianity is what he calls it. He should be just a normal Joe in the kingdom, but he's something special because we, we can't even come up to normal. Now here's the real gritty. I do not want it to be a happenstance occasional occurrence when I pray for somebody. I ain't talking about inside the church. I'm talking about in the world. Daily, if I believe I have authority, I believe God will put daily in front of me people who need to experience the kingdom. Abnormal should be the days I don't manifest the kingdom in other people's lives. You hearing me? I'm telling you, imagine the church that was living like the book of Acts, doing the work of the ministry. Imagine if we, would, would we have superstar problems in the, in, no. I will that you all would prophesy. I will that you all would pray in tongues. I will that you, this, this was always supposed to be the body doing it. Amen. My point is, is I do understand that it is hard today in light of what we have experienced to let the faith well up inside of us to lay hands on the sick right now and believe they will recover. But I go back to, did everything we sing, was it true? Did what I preached this morning, is it true? There's somebody in this room right now who needs to be healed. And I cannot allow disappointment to dictate my prayer. The truth is the truth. Amen? His truth is the truth. If you're sick in your body, If you're being tormented by an evil spirit, if you're sick in your body, if there's something going on inside of you, then you want to be healed. I'm not asking if you want prayed for. You want to be healed. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come and make. We hope that this message from Cross Life Church was a blessing and encouragement to you. 
we can pray for you or help in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening, and God bless you.